What's going on, guys? This is Jordan Stoltz, the host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome to episode 124 of the Triple F podcast. It is a Motivation Monday today, and I have a new interview for you guys. I think you guys really like this one. This is Travis Stetzel. I drove over to Omaha, visited his gym, the Forged Athlete Gym, and chatted with him for over an hour about training, about his background, and then a lot about business as well. The interview starts out kind of talking about uh, his training style, what he believes in, how he got started training, and then we kind of transition into actually owning a business, working in the fitness industry, and the different advice and tips he has for aspiring entrepreneurs. It was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. Check out all his pages, which I will link in the full description of this podcast. I'll link in the show notes as well. Uh, train Aggressive on most platforms is where he's at. Hope you guys enjoy this interview with Travis Stetzel. Let me know by reviewing the show on iTunes and subscribing. That would mean a lot and really help the show grow and would really help me also stay motivated to keep doing these interviews. But I thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys on the other side of this interview with Travis Stetzel. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. All right, everyone, I am here in the Forge Athlete Gym with my man, Travis Stetzel. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. All right, did I say that name right? Yes, you did. You didn't butcher it. All Most right. People do. Good, good. <laughs> Why don't you give me and my listeners a little background on yourself for people that don't know you, haven't seen you online yet, um, and not quite sure what you do. Man, oh man. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're... We're here in the Forged Athlete Gym here in Omaha, Nebraska. I've had this since uh, 2008. And um, yeah, so backtracking a little bit, I guess, uh, about me. Uh, I'm just an athlete. You know, uh, started out an athlete very, very young. And uh, that's really what got me into the old the old strength and fitness game. Um, do you want me to you want me to go all the way back to the early days, or where you, where you want me to start? Maybe? Hey, yeah, back back it up. Maybe when you first started, you know, seeing this as a career path, or maybe something that you would really want to help other people do as well. Absolutely. What stirred that in you? For sure. Uh, well, I guess as far as like strength and fitness go, it's always been a big love of mine uh, since I was a young kid. My dad got me into. Uh, like body weight training, uh, growing up playing football, being in wrestling. Uh, one of the things that really got me into training was my dad was like, you should do push ups every night. You know, you want to be stronger than your opponent. And so that got me into the kind of the fitness type of stuff. I was doing push ups and pull ups, uh, pull ups like every day, um, on this clothesline hanger behind our house. And, uh, we actually had a, a pegboard we had a pegboard uh, in my garage well behind my garage that I used to climb all the time and so um, 
just growing up, I, I really loved just, I didn't even think about it back then. I was just always doing push-ups, going, doing sprints, and it was all towards uh, improving my performance as an athlete, right? So yeah. um, got into college, played football, baseball in college, uh, actually gave baseball up uh, my sophomore year. It was just too much to handle football and baseball at the same time and continued on with football. And then uh, I wanted to continue my career. I uh, traveled around, uh, tried out for a couple different uh, arena football teams, played a little bit of arena football, and uh, then finally just gave it up. But uh, in my pursuit of trying to get to the next level, that's when I really started to dig in to like the strength and performance side, like researching. I bought every freaking book you can think of. Uh, bought all the gizmos and gadgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, remember the jump soles? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I had some jump- of those. At one point, I was actually doing hill sprints with jump soles on, with a parachute on, <laughs> thinking, you know, this got to get me faster, this, right? This is going to work. So this was, is going to be it. <laughs> so I was trying and everything, but um, so. I was trying to get myself to the next level, so I was researching a lot of different coaches, um, and uh, that when it got to a point where I was like, ah, I'm probably not going to be making a living out of this, that's when I turned towards uh, being on the other side of the fence, so to speak, and being the coach, being the guy, helping athletes uh, come up and you know improve their performance. So uh, it was funny how I actually fell into my first job i was up here in omaha trying out for the omaha beef like Mm. there was a tryout up here and uh my buddy that i was trying out with he worked at a big globo gym and uh he's like hey come work out with me so we we went and worked out and uh i met uh the fitness manager and he like hired me on the spot i had just uh like a month before that i had just taken my uh, CSCS test so I just passed that but I didn't know what I was going to do with it and uh, so there I was I was still living in Hastings at the time and uh, got a job here in Omaha and that that's how I started my my professional training career doing like one-to-one training yeah uh, at a big globo gym and so I did that for about two and a half years and uh, I at first I loved it but the corporate scene it, it just kind of, it's not about fitness. It's mm-hmm. its more about, you know, the corporate world, right? So right. Uh, I had to get myself out of that environment. And uh, so that's when I looked into uh, starting my own gym. And uh, before before uh, we started, we were talking about our, our boy, Zach Evanesh. And he was somebody that uh, I met at an event uh, years ago. That event changed my life, basically. I met Zach. Flew out to uh, New Jersey and saw what Zach was doing. I was like, that's what I want to be doing. And so when I came back, that's when I started the Forged Athlete. And uh, gosh, yeah, is history. Here we are. I mean, and guys, I'll, I'll try to put on a picture on Instagram or something of the gym uh, so you guys can see it. But I mean, sweet place here in Omaha. The kind of equipment that I like to use, especially like when I'm home on the farm for the summer, uh, you know, the... The ropes, the sandbags, the the box jumps, you know, all these kind of things that, I mean, it's that hardcore training, kind of this kind of stuff we we're talking about uh, with Zach Evanesh a couple weeks ago on the show. Um, so I'll be sure to put a picture on of that, but I, I mean, I'm impressed with it. It's the kind of training I like to do. How did the 
like kind of give the evolution of the gym too. So you're into fitness, you're into coaching now, and you want to start your own place. Talk about the evolution of the Forge Athlete Gym and how you found out who you wanted to train and how you wanted to train them. Well, I knew for me, I was always just in into athletic training, right? So improve your performance. The physique is going to follow suit, you know, as long as the nutrition and all that is in line. But just move your move your body like an athlete, train like an athlete. What is an athlete, right? An athlete's strong, explosive, mobile, you know, resilient, has a great level of conditioning. And that's all going to transfer over into real life. So just being fit for life. What I like to say with everybody that comes in here is you're an athlete, no matter you, if you if you compete in sports, if you're in you know middle school, high school, college, whatever. Obviously, you're an athlete, but if you're not, you're still an athlete, like a human athlete. So, um, evolution-wise, uh, man, it started out of the back of my Jeep, actually. So, I could tell you the the whole story of how the gym actually came to be. So, when I was at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, um, I had a, a very good batch of clientele. Like I was pretty much set. And then, I don't know if you remember like 2005, 2006 was like the crash, right? So the, the, the economy basically went to shit. And, uh, at, at the uh, commercial gym that I was working at, it was always one-to-one training. And so it was very expensive. Like Mm -hmm. we averaged like 45 bucks up to, man, when I left, people were paying like a hundred bucks an hour. Right. So demand went away. Oh yeah, definitely. I lost a lot of clients, but at the same time, I, I was uh, I was like, how can I still make this happen, you know, and it be a little bit cheaper? And so that's when I was like, I need to start training people in boot camps. And that, that was kind of when the boot camps started to mm-hmm. become on the rise. And so I just started training people uh, out of the back of my Jeep. I said, okay, here's the deal. If you can't train with me in the gym, this is one of the reasons I, I actually got fired. Funny story. I'll get to that. But uh so, just training people uh, at a park down the street from my house. I would pull up. I'd have a couple TRXs, kettlebells. Had some homemade sandbags back then. I just pull up. We'd have. Uh, I, I bought an old rope, so we'd we'd do everything we needed to do at the at the park, right? And um, so that's how I I initially started to build up uh, a pretty big boot camp that I was training like outside and it, it started off at a uh, park down the street from my house rain or shine it didn't matter I mean I remember a couple of days like it had rain the night before and people were literally standing like an inch of water still working out so that was cool but I knew I needed to uh, figure something out with that I and I actually uh, transferred that over to uh, uh, Burke Stadium Omaha Burke Stadium here in Omaha so they're one of the few uh, football stadium like every stadium now has turf but mm-hmm. so I used uh, started training people on the turf and that got pretty big and so the funny story is I had uh, just gotten back probably a month ago from you know going to Zach's and I was just hustling I was like I'm gonna make this gym thing happen and I hadn't found a gym yet and uh, I was there and I was actually gonna put my two weeks in uh, at the gym I was training at because I was going to let them know, you know, hey, I'm leaving. I'm starting my own thing. And so one morning, we're there. We're getting boot camp ready to go. 
and I see this car like driving by right where we're at, like really slow, like a couple times. I'm like, I didn't really think anything of it. But uh, then I see like two people like jogging around the track. I was like, man, that looks just like our district manager. Oh, no. I'm sure as shit it was. And she, uh, we make eye contact and I was like, hey. She looks up and she's like, Travis, make sure you stop by my office when you get in to the gym today. Oh, I'll be no. like, that's never All right, good. Cool. You guys want to join in the uh, workout? <laughs> so I already knew I was going to get fired, but I had the good thing for me and for anybody out there that is looking to, you know, build their own thing, like put some sort of plan in place. Like I, I wasn't at the Globo gym just like, all right, I'm jumping ship. Like, see ya. I'm mm-hmm. out of here. I would have been screwed, but I was slowly piecing stuff together, talking to all my current clients like, hey, I'm going to be out of here. Are you going to come with me? And so I knew if once I left, like I was going to be somewhat stable um, before I just, you know, cut ties with that. But so that's how that happened. I actually got fired the day I was going to put in my two weeks. And so it was a blessing. In yeah. Days anyways. But um, so after that, uh, we're, we're sitting in uh, 3.0 of the Forged Athlete. So this is the third gym that we've been in. Uh, the last one was literally up the road. Uh, it's about half the size of this, so we're 6,000 square feet now. The last one was uh, about 2,500. Okay. And then the first one, where everything started, it was like 1,000 square feet. So it was just like a it was a legit garage gym. Mm-hmm. Like it was 1,000 square feet, actual garage in the front. And uh, yeah, it was uh, bare bones in there. Yeah, what, so, did you haul, what did you have in that first gym? What was... When we With first opened the doors, um, I remember we scored big. <laughs> I, I found a, an ad on Craigslist uh, for actually those dumbbells sitting over there, all those uh, hex dumbbells, that rack, and then all the uh, iron plates, um, all the silver ones, mm-hmm. and then two barbells. One was like bent to shit, but still I was like, I need some barbells, and then... Uh, my dad actually welded up a uh, squat rack, so we had a, a welded squat rack, and Love then it. I found another squat rack um, off of Craigslist. So I had two squat racks, you know, bunch of dumbbells, a uh, bunch of you know steel plates, a couple barbells, and then uh, I had a thirty-five pound kettlebell, a fifty-pound kettlebell and uh, some homemade sandbags and then uh, my dad also welded up some uh, homemade prowlers yeah and those things were beasts like like heavy they, just in themselves I, I, yeah i metal, think I, bet, I think huh? they each weighed a hundred plus pounds themselves so hauling those things like we used to put those in uh, my buddy's truck and we'd go to the park and we'd push those things around and mm-hmm. yeah it was it was beast some guy actually Somebody actually stole them from the gym. <laughs> stole them? Right, for the, for the metal. Probably turned oh, it into the junkyard or something like oh, that. Man. But yeah, we used to have them sitting outside uh, next to the gym. And uh, yeah, somebody stole them. But. What? Well, I mean, hey, that I mean, it, it takes away all of the excuses, right? Yeah. I mean, money, who cares? Like, yeah, you yeah. built your own equipment, oh, you yeah. know? Space, you do, do them outside, you right? You can do plenty of things. Yeah, uh, I, I remember... Just, my, I was telling you about that gym in the barn at the mm-hmm. farm, right? We we made a prowler as well when we were when I was at home, but it was just uh, you know like the old pickups have that hitch in the front that yeah. you can drop down, 
took that off. It was a hitch, welded two posts on it, lawnmower blades on the bottom was the you know, the sliders and oh, push nice. it on the grass. So it probably wasn't as heavy because it wasn't, you know, all the welded together metal mm-hmm. like you had, but homemade prowler. And then my first squat rack was two big oil drums that I just put go. the barbell on top of, right? Yep. No excuses. I tell you what, like the first gym, it was, uh, it was pretty, like I mentioned, it was bare bones. And uh, back then we were just like, screw it you know we're just we're gonna we're gonna push through this stuff like in the winter time if it was you know 30 degrees outside it's gonna be about 30 degrees in the gym because mm-hmm. we're on the very end of a uh, the building concrete walls there's no insulation uh, and we used to have space heaters in there you know just you know people would show up literally bundled up stocking hats on gloves on like you would grab you'd go grab like a dumbbell or a kettlebell and like your hands would basically freeze to it. So, um, but really that's the type of training, like training. That's what it's there for. In my mind is to build you into a stronger person, not only physically, but mentally as well. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, that's really, you know, what the forge athlete is all about is, you know, forging you into a, a stronger, more resilient person. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's great that we have all this extra space now, and we got, you know, better equipment, but that's not where we started, right? right. That like we we've evolved from that, but uh, you know. Now was your first gym before the CrossFit box type of gym took off? Because yeah. I know, you know, that's really popular now to have that warehouse type feel, yep. even if it's a commercial gym, some will have that warehouse yep. feel to them. And the CrossFit boxes obviously took off too, yep. but was that before all of that yep. too? And yep, I remember uh, because uh, so my best friend that started the gym with me originally, Joe Cheesick. So mm-hmm. I, we were talking about that. Like he he originally started at Nebraska as mm-hmm. a strength coach there, and then he actually when he moved to Omaha, he was a strength coach at UNO, and then he started training at the the Globo gym that I was at, and then that's how we met. And I remember when we started our when we started the Forge Athlete, there was also another gym. That's when CrossFit Omaha first got started. Okay. And so uh, Ricky and Joe Westerland were starting that. And I remember back then, like, you know, our egos, like we were, you know, we didn't, we were like, ah, oh, yeah. CrossFit. Whatever. Competing with each other. Yeah. Let them do their crazy CrossFit stuff. Like we're over here and we've always been more of like a traditional strength and conditioning gym. But, uh, you know, as time has evolved on like you know what is crossfit exactly i mean that's just how it is like people people will walk into the gym we're not a crossfit affiliated gym never have been and people will walk in and they'll see like this is just the you know it's it's just attached to that name right crossfit is more popular now so you'll see the bumper plates you'll see the kettlebells you'll see you know even the sleds now people will be like oh you guys crossfit gym yeah you know it's it's all training right yeah so it's just, and that's just genius branding from CrossFit yeah, exactly, right? to exactly, be able to put yep. their name to just the whole type of training is yep, crazy. Yep. So what kind of people were attracted uh, to the gym? I mean, it, you know, you guys are gritting it out in the Nebraska winters, yep. you know, freezing your hands off. What kind of people were attracted to that? And then how did you, how did that evolution of training go? Just like figuring out what they need. Um, so when we first started the gym, 
our mindset was like we were a lot younger obviously and we were just like we want bad motherfuckers up in here like that's it like we used to joe and i we used to joke like uh when you'd come into the gym you got to be able to do x amount of pull-ups and squat squat this amount of weight and um so our focus starting off was like we just want you know hardcore people Mm -hmm. and so that was like when we did videos we were just like you know that's how we talk that's who we talk to and but little did we know where we gonna we were never gonna be able to build an actual business around that because that's like the one percent that's like the point zero five percent of people right and so as time went on and this is what the the big evolution that I've gone through personally as a coach and what I, what I want to, I guess my mission is with, you know, working with people is I would much rather take somebody that isn't a bad, you know, mofo and transfer and transform them into one, right? right? With just the training, the mindset and just that that physical and that mental transformation that they go through and so completely change um, their life that's they... the big evolution but truth be told yeah when we first started the gym we had just uh, military personal personnel in there we had mma fighters um yeah i mean it was just a, a very small you know breed of people that mm-hmm. were coming in and uh that you know to be honest with you that that was kind of the change that myself and joe went through like joe had already my buddy joe he always had just that that mindset on i just want to work with like hardcore people right he was just attracted to that that's kind of his personality and so that that's actually what like we we split ways like everything was good we're still you know best boys and whatever but uh he was originally from wyoming and so after a couple years of having the gym together my vision was more on you know, I want to attract whoever is willing to put in the work, whoever is willing to be dedicated. Like, this shit ain't going to be easy. Like, when you come in, you're either going to conform to, like, the codes that we live in here and, you know, the the principles that we live by or you're going to be, you know, you'll just be, you know, pushed out. You'll be right. weeded out, right? Um, but Joe, Joe had more of the mindset of just, yeah, you got to be a badass to come Only accept to people one, right? who so, were... That's kind of how we differed. He went his way. I stayed with it. And um, that's really what we've evolved into now. Like the community that we have is just unbelievable. Like anybody that comes in, I mean, the people are so accepting. And I mean, everybody knows it's it's about hard work here. It's about, you know, commitment, dedication. And, um, you know, anybody that comes in, everybody's there to support them. And to right. me, that's like most fulfilling. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, again, I would much rather have somebody that uh, maybe he's like a JV guy when it comes to athletes. Maybe he's JV, he's he's striving to make varsity. I'd rather get him in here and get him on to varsity, help him become, you know, state champion or whatever mm-hmm. versus, you know, um, the top 1%. You yeah. Know, you know, it's easy to help them become a success right so so you're in the business of life changing now not just uh yeah you know serving uh, that one percent yeah as i've grown um yeah i mean that's 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 really what fitness has done for myself is yeah. you know that's awesome man. changed me as a whole right so. so what's the do you have a training model what's the forge athlete model what kind of workouts or progressions or uh, just a general maybe overview of how you would take a new member through you know a couple years of training roughly how would you 
go through that model. So um, I'm a big believer of like the conjugate West guy, West side conjugate okay. method. And so I've taken a lot of bits and pieces from that. And that's kind of how I apply uh, what we do with our like main strength program here. So the, the way it works when somebody comes in, we have a set six week program that they go through. So um, they have to go through this six week program. So the six week program is designed to build their foundation so GPP, you know, that's that's really what it's focusing on. Just the basic, simple movements, squat, push-ups, mm-hmm. rows, pull-ups, you know, right. deadlifting. You know, there's there's no Olympic lifting. They don't even touch a barbell, you know, until they're they've been in the program for like four four weeks. Okay. And that's if they've progressed up to their that level and they're ready for it, right? It's where you, you go to a lot of gyms and the first day, you know, yeah. person has a barbell in their hand, right? So, um, but yeah, so first four to six weeks, uh, we're really focusing on just building that general fitness, that general strength, body weight strength, stuff like that. And then once they get to that point, um, I'm very strength biased, right? So we're, you know, two to three times a week, we're lifting heavy, you know, we're either squatting heavy, deadlifting heavy, or doing some sort of, you know, heavy, uh, Olympic lifts. And that's for like the, the main crew. Right. Mm-hmm. And then mixed in with that is the, the variety, the, the variety. Right. So, um, there's always, I guess as a strength coach, it's, it's hard to, it's kind of tough to explain your method just because you yeah. inside your head, you get it. And so what I'm always looking at, I, I program a month in advance or a month in advance. And so I'm always looking to have balance, right? So mm-hmm. how much are we pushing? How much are we pulling? How much are we, you know, what are we focusing in on this week? Like, have we squatted heavy this week or deadlifted heavy? Okay, well, let's, you know, squat for volume this week. Let's deadlift, pull from the floor a little bit right. more this week, heavier. And so I'm, I'm looking at overall balance and um variation with that right and i'm sure it's customized too right like if jim can squat 350 and run a six minute mile he's gonna be doing something different than sally who can't can't even bend over to tie her shoes right yeah yeah so she's gonna be going through like our foundational program right right so uh we've had people so i mentioned it's usually like four to six weeks like somebody right off the street is going to be going through this program for four to six weeks We've had people go through that two times, right? Because they're not re- at six week mark, they're just not ready yet. Like mm-hmm. their mobility, like we've had people come in and uh, they can't even touch their toes, right? Right? They, you know, they can't even do a, an actual lunge, or if if it's not that, they can't do a full squat. Can't get their arms over their head. They can't get their. That's pretty much everybody, but yeah, um, you'd be surprised. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's breaking things down to the basics and building up from there. And so a lot of people want to, and that's just this day and age, the, the marketing, the shit that you see on Facebook and you know, other pretty much everywhere on the internet, it's like overnight success, right? So, um, 14 days to, you know, six pack abs or stuff like that. And, um, we're up front with people. That's one of the big messages that I really strive to make clear is like, this is not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen maybe in a month, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to take time. You got to commit to the process. Um, you got to embrace the process. And um, the process is the result, basically. So once you get into it, like, okay, you get to a certain point. Let's say 
you go through the six week, six week program. Now what? Like, what are you just going to stop now? Yeah. Like continue the process and let's see, let's yeah. see what you can do. That's ahead. exactly what I talk about all the time. Uh, that's really why I love talking about performance and being an athlete as an athlete, you're continually striving to get just that a little bit better. Like some people can get a little bit too, um, obsessed with performance and they can let it affect their life. Uh, but, uh, you should never get to a point where you're just like, all right, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I I'll just, you know, settle for where I'm at. Like you can always get a little bit better. Right. And it's, you know, I mean, you just got to keep showing up every day, putting towards effort. Cause when you stop doing that, that's when, you know, things are going to slip. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and building a good lifestyle really is just about, you know, having patience, yeah. consistency, yeah. And hard work, right? If you can do those things, I, even maybe not the best training program is probably going to work slightly, and yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe not optimally, but it's mm-hmm. going to work if you are patient, are consistent with it, and you work hard. Yeah. So you said you're strength biased a little bit, right? You try to get your your people in here nice and strong, moving well. Um, so how do you balance the conditioning with the strength? That's something I wanted to talk to you about because you know, that's something. I see a lot, even in collegiate, you know, strength and conditioning and just in fitness too, is people seem to think like you, you can only have one, right? Mm-hmm. It's either extreme strength, powerlifting type training where, you know, you don't dare do any conditioning mm-hmm. and you'd for sure don't prioritize it. Yeah. And then on the other side, you know, you have people who don't want to do the big lifts that might, you know, get you big and strong yeah, yeah. because they don't want to lose that conditioning or that athletic ability. So how do you balance the two, whether it's programming or otherwise, just so you can, you know, get people big and strong, but also in great shape, because I'm sure that's what most people want, right? They yeah. might not be training for a sport. They just want to be big and strong, but also be able to play with their dog and their yep. kids and go play tennis on the weekends yeah, yeah. or whatever. So that's, that's the key there is the, the specialization. There is no specific specialization when we're just talking about like the main strength. Like we're talking about overall fitness, right? So right. Uh, I mentioned how I'm kind of strength bias. You can get in shape within weeks, like four to six weeks. Uh, and I'll, I'll use this as an example. So we have a, a system in the gym and it's based off these bands, right? So think about like karate you know, mm-hmm. you get like your white belt, black belt, you know, all that stuff in between. And so our goal for any person off the street when they come in is to earn a white band. All right. So you earn your white band like it's basically GPP fitness. Like you're ready for the next level. Like you got the mobility, you got the general strength, body weight wise, strength with kettlebells, you know, sandbags, stuff like that. Nothing with barbells. Right. Right. So once they achieve white then they start to move on to the next level. So there's gray. A lot of the basic barbell movements, um, some basic Olympic lifting movements like power snatch, power clean, you know, none, none of the crazy like full squats or full cleans or, any, or anything like that. So, again, general strength, we're looking to build that. And then red and black are like more advanced stuff. But mm-hmm. I created that to uh, have, you know, performance goals for people. So they're continually striving to you know, earn their bands instead of just showing up and just, you know, okay, we're just going through another workout because another workout, like there's a rhyme and a reason to every workout. Like what are we trying to build with this workout? Right. So, 
but uh, back to your question, like how do you balance it out? It, it's it's a it takes experience. It takes you know uh, just a, a while of doing it. Like I was saying, it's hard to like pull everything that's yeah. out of my head uh, and just say this is how I do it. But mm-hmm. I just have a general feel and um, just years of doing it. Uh, I do have a system where it's like in a spreadsheet. I will look at every month. And I will start to go down the list. I'll be like, okay, how many workouts were like heavy strength base? Boom. I'll tally it. How many workouts were moderately loaded? How many workouts were super light, higher volume? How many workouts were more body weight based? And I'll go through the whole list and then I'll see where there were holes. And so I'll, I'll say, I'll, well, I'll see that and I'll say, okay, we did a lot of body weight training last week or last month, a lot of kettlebell stuff. We didn't do much barbell stuff. So this next month I'm going to fill the, fill the gap. So thing is, you're never going to be perfect. You're always going to be, it's kind of like life. Like you're always trying to balance things out. Things are going to take priority over other things at certain points. And you're just, you're kind of the, I kind of like to look at it as like shorter sprints, right? And so every month there's like a little bit of a, a different focus so last month in particular it was squat tober and so we squatted a shit ton like mm-hmm. every week we were squatting heavy um and people broke prs right so um this month it's more uh like high intensity conditioning this month right so um it, it just kind of varies and uh, rotates around but i perfection is gonna be the ultimate enemy like right. when you're when you're thinking of just like they're overall generalist like fitness crowd like there's never going to be a perfect program really mm-hmm. with that right and most of those people you know they're not trying to specialize so to speak and so uh, give them the variety that's that's gonna be something that helps them enjoy training whereas like athletes like you and i or other athletes that are you know training for a specific sport they do that stuff because they know they have to and Maybe they enjoy, you know, showing up and I enjoy, I can, I can squat heavy or deadlift heavy every single day and just be like a slower pace workout where a lot of people just general fitness, they're looking to just get stronger. They don't have the same like excitement and entertainment out of that. Right. So yeah. at a, like you want to make this uh, fun and enjoyable for people too. So you, mm-hmm. that variety, that, that sustainable variety. for them. Exactly. Right. But again, um, I think a good coach will know how to balance that out and be able to have creativity and variety within that um, to keep things as balanced as possible, right? And so, yeah. uh, again, it just comes from, you know, experience over time, knowing how to balance, you know, push, pull, you know, squat, deadlift, yeah. all that stuff. So. so if I have a listener, you know, out here listening to the show, say they're in like – Massachusetts or something and they're you know they can't come to the forge athlete gym what what are some tests or benchmarks like you think an average 40 year old person needs to be able to do like what are some things they can look at themselves and say you know I can't get in this position or do this weight Uh, just what are some things that they can do to kind of monitor how good a shape they're in or what they need to work on first thing I would say for them to do uh, or test them with is the body weight gauntlet. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but I've had that up on year uh, up online for years, and that's something I created uh, when I first started the gym. It's like a body weight benchmark. So if you think about it, where do you start 
with all training, like what do you need to be efficient with, right? You need to be efficient with your own body weight. So super simple test, not easy. Um, Basically, it's a three-minute, you get three-minute AMRAP of each movement. So the movements are push-ups, so full push-ups, like not military style. Like you got to go to your chest, full extension, right? Um, So push-ups, you got three minutes to do as many reps as you can. Body weight squats, right? Pretty basic. Pull-ups, strict pull-ups, not keeping pull-ups. If they can't do uh, strict pull-ups, we do recline rows, Okay. right? And then we do the good old burpee, right? Right. So you get three minutes on each movement. You get a minute rest in between each one. And I, I, I have a set of standards for each of those movements. Like for, so push-ups, it goes 50, 75, 100, right? So 100 is like beast level. 75 is right in the middle, you know, 50 mm-hmm. is like the standard. Like you should be able to get yourself to 50 push-ups within, you know, three minutes, right? Right. Uh, pull-ups, it is 25, 35, 45. Uh, burpees is 30, 45, 60. And then uh, what's the other one? Oh, squats mm-hmm. is 100. No, squats is, yes, 100, 125, 175. Okay. Right? And so basic standards, try to hit the, uh, the, the first level, right? Right. Once you get past that, you have a very, very good solid level of GPP. I might add in there at the very end, so you can do those movements in any order that you want. You can, you can start with squats, you can start with burpees, whatever. Um, after you get done with those four movements, you get another minute rest, then you gotta run a 400 meter, right? So 400 meters, two and a half minutes, two minutes, one and a half minutes for for the standards, right? right? So yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's kind of shift gears a little bit. I kind of want to get your opinion. I've gotten quite a few questions about this uh, through social media and through the website, uh, and I wanted to get your opinion on just CrossFit in general. I've gotten a lot of questions about you know just a general. What is your opinion on CrossFit? Um, what do you think? as someone who's been around that type of training like yourself. And then, uh, I remember, you know, I was talking about that blueprint, right. That you put out the training program. Uh, and it was, it was the gist of it was that it was building you more effectively, kind of a more wise Mm -hmm. built together training program to get better at CrossFit without doing the random workout of the days. So what do you think some of the benefits of CrossFit are? for an average person and then maybe some of the pitfalls, some things they do wrong on uh, some things that could be improved. Just, uh, uh, well, CrossFit overall, it's very, very good for just general, general fitness. So mm-hmm. most of CrossFit is like GPP, right? So there's no specificity. It's like getting yourself good at everything, all, everything across the board. I don't, yeah. I don't even know what all their different attributes, it's like strength, speed, accuracy, right? you know, all that stuff. But, um, so in that sense, I love it. I love it uh, because number one, I mean, you can't deny the the movement that CrossFit has created over the years. Just getting people unafraid of like even now, like we were talking about, like somebody walks into the gym. Years ago, you would see like the sleds and stuff like like CrossFit didn't do sleds and stuff like that when it first started off. It was more you know kettlebells and barbells and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But now, I mean, you see all this unconventional stuff. Even the stones, like. I mean, stones, yeah, that's that's CrossFit now, right? Yeah, rings. And so rings, so that, 
in that aspect, I love what CrossFit has done because it's opened people's eyes to, you know, training in a better way instead of, you know, sitting on machines and doing it that. I mean, go to like the bigger gyms, like Lifetime Gym, they, Lifetime's trying to create their own CrossFit brand, which is Alpha, which is, it's just not working. Um, so they're trying to create, you can't create a garage gym feel in a commercial gym. Right. You just can't do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, so as far as that goes, like, I, I, I like what CrossFit has done with that. I have nothing against CrossFit, but um, what I have, my thing is, like, bad CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. And, bad uh, coaches. Bad coaches. That That's what, I mean, it, that goes for anything. You have bad strength and conditioning gym. You have bad, you know, strength and conditioning coaches at in colleges even, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it goes both ways, but... I'd say the number one thing uh, for CrossFit that everybody should take away, but it's a double-edged sword, right, is the intensity factor, right? Like that's what CrossFit is all, it's like intensity, like intensity, intensity, intensity. Uh, but it can be a double-edged sword because somebody that's not ready for a higher level intensity, but still that's, you know, the attitude that, or, you know, what they push in a lot of CrossFit gyms, mm-hmm. like you got to put it put in a hundred percent, 110% intensity, but you're not ready. Who cares? You know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, scale it, scale it. Right. So yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's a smart way of doing it. Dumb way of doing it. So, right. I mean, maybe quickly just compare. I was talking to you about the unbreakable badass mm-hmm. blueprint, which is kind of how I found you yeah. was through that product you put out. Mm-hmm. So talk about how you structure that training program compared with how, someone in CrossFit would, you know, try to improve their fitness if they're just showing up to classes. Yep. So let's, I'll just say this first, like the way competitive CrossFit is now, you have, you, you have to be specialized in competing in the sport, right? Mm -hmm. Versus if you're just a general fitness enthusiast and you're looking to get fitter, show up for like a CrossFit class, go through that, right? Uh, that'll that'll get you fit but if you're looking to compete at a high level um, it's totally different like you're training for the sport so there's two two big differences there now when I first uh, started competing in 2011 there was no other programs out there yet that that I know of like now you can go Chris Spieler's got his program Rich Froning's got his program right. like all these different programs out there now uh, <coughs> you got uh, Ben Bergeron's program you got um, training think tank you got all these different big programs now that get it that opex you know all that stuff that yeah they can train you for for the sport now but uh so when i got into competing in 2011 i was still training mainly at primarily as like an athlete so i was like had the mindset of like training as like a football player i just wanted to be fast explosive strong so i was doing a lot of that stuff and um not a lot of actual CrossFit. So like the higher volume stuff, uh, when I got to uh, regionals in 2011, there's a workout, the hundreds workout. I got destroyed because we had to do like 100 pull-ups, 100 kettlebell swings, 100 double-unders, 100 overhead squats. Like I wasn't used to that type of volume. And so I knew I had to start blending that type of variety into my training. And so... Basically, the Unbreakable Badass Blueprint, in a nutshell, the, the overall scope of the, the programming, what I like to call it, is the uh, C2 method, so controlled chaos, basically. 
So to be good at CrossFit, you have to be ready for anything. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times you don't know what the events are, right? So for the CrossFit Open, for example, they release the workout on Thursday and you have, you know, whatever, five days to do it. You have no idea what the the workout's going to be. Like this year, all the workouts had dumbbells in them. There wasn't a barbell in it. So how many people were doing, you know, dumbbell work, right? So that uh, opened up a big... uh, a hole for a lot of people so they weren't using that so you have to have variety but also you have to be strong like you have to be strong you just mm-hmm. can't show up and do random work out of the day so what does it take to get strong well progressive overload there has to be structure with strength you just can't show up and okay i think i'll squat heavy today and then then you don't squat heavy for a whole month right so the the plan in regards to unbreakable badass was like you'd go in blocks like phases and each one was progressive on on the last one. So, okay, we're going to focus strength with front squats, overhead press, and, you know, deadlifts this phase. And we're progressively building up on those. Those stay as is. But then the conditioning, that's where we'd have more variety, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there are a couple different methods of conditioning that I'd focus in on. So, like, longer cardio-based conditioning uh, sessions. So... Those were like cardio kings, I called them. And uh, they were more like chipper style uh, finishers. They were short, four-time type Metcons that you traditionally see. So like your 21, 15, 9 type, um, like anaerobic, like, you know, it's it's very, very short, high intense, maybe with heavy weight. Mm-hmm. So something like five minutes and under. And then there would be like the mid-range Metcon stuff you know so like something maybe 10 minutes or less maybe moderate weight higher reps you know mixed in with maybe some rowing or you know gymnastics work or something like that so that's where you had to get the variety but serving the whole foundation of everything it what is the strength work right okay and so um the big key to understand is like strength takes years 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 to build right Conditioning, you can you can build GPP and build conditioning, you know, within weeks. Right? Yeah. And um, the stronger you are, the the more that's going to benefit your conditioning. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think people underestimate how strong, you know, the competitors are, oh, or insane. or even just age. an athlete, right? And you know, in CrossFit or in sports, they see on TV. I think people underestimate the strength and the time it takes to get there. You know, they just want to get good at something. You know, they want to get good at CrossFit. They don't realize the time yeah. spent before that just on strength yeah. and mobility and movement patterns yeah. and the different things that just take so constant, you know, upkeep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first started CrossFit in 2011 when I competed, I remember we had an event there. Uh, Amanda, it's like a classic CrossFit workout. Muscle ups, muscle ups are easy for me, but the squat snatch, right? Like full snatch, 135 pounds. That was it. I struggled with that, like, because that's something that I just didn't yeah. do a lot of, right? For higher reps, that was one of the big things when CrossFit first came around and like competitive CrossFit was getting bigger. Like, you know, Olympic coaches were like, "You're ruining the sport of." Olympic weightlifting, but actually CrossFit actually has boosted the sport, like has brought more attention to it. Right. So, but, um, yeah, I remember I was kind of in that, that realm. I was like high rep 
Olympic, you know, lifts, it's, it's not safe. Well, it isn't safe if you don't have the mobility and the, and the, the, the movement integrity, so to speak. Like, can you make your first rep look like, or your, can you make the last rep look like the first rep? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between like the, the top competitors and, you know, the guys that are just like, you know, not as good, like Rich Froning, like his, every single rep looks the same, right? Yep. So his mobility is, is, um, you know, overall skill with the movements is a lot better. Yeah. So, so let's transition a little bit, talk a little bit about, uh, business, right? So you're on your third gym, uh, been in business for quite a while now here in Omaha and we we're just talking about that blueprint. So you've been online as well, right? So what are the, some of the differences, like if you're speaking to someone who wants to be an entrepreneur, fitness or otherwise, what's some of the differences and different strategies compared between an actual facility, like an in-person brick and mortar place or the online space? Like what would you recommend people first get into? And you can use fitness as an example if, if you want um, to. I've had this question asked uh, a lot. Like younger coaches will reach out to me or just people will reach out to me and they'll say, hey, I want to get into the fitness industry and I want to help people. And, you know, what should I do? And I always say start training people in real life. Start getting experience. Prove that you know what you're doing, know what you're talking about. Get people results and then try to monetize it. And um, in this day and age, people want to make money like overnight, right? And so mm -hmm. they want to throw together some sort of program. And I've had people actually send me programs and they'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? Uh, this is what I want to call it. And um, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, putting it online and selling it. And I'll go through it and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, did you just come up with this overnight? Like, yeah. you even tested this out? And so that's my first recommendation is just, you know, it's about integrity. Like, mm -hmm. know what the hell you're talking about. Like, um, get the experience, you know, work with people, change some people's lives first and kind of earn the right, so to speak. And then, yeah. and then take it online if you want to do it. Like in this day and age, I mean, getting online and, you know, starting a business online is a lot easier than it was, you know, years ago. But honestly, that's how I started is I had the gym first and, uh, I just, was building my gym and the way I started was I just started to film all my workouts. Mm -hmm. Like I was just filming my workouts and giving tips and it's funny. I'll go back to old, old videos and I'll be like, what the hell was I talking about? Like, <laughs> I had no idea, but, um, it's, it's funny, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, go, uh, the biggest thing is just have a, a giving mind, like a servant mind, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Like you're obviously you're, is what you're doing, trying to, you know, change lives, right? Mm -hmm. Or are you trying to just get in the business because you think, you know, it's easy money, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, so if someone, you know, wanted to sell cookbooks online, they'd have to learn how to cook first yeah. in a restaurant <laughs> and then maybe start yeah, the yeah. restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And then start putting that kind of material mm -hmm. out. For some reason, people think it's different in something like fitness where, yeah. you know, they maybe like working out, so they just try to make a quick buck off of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think, you, you kind of took the, plunge so to say you did have a plan right and you were training people for a few years yep. uh, but you know you eventually everyone has to just take that plunge where you're like i'm going to get this gym started right mm -hmm. i'm going to make this happen what point do you think people should do that and uh what's some advice 
for people who are considering taking that plunge into being an entrepreneur versus working for somebody else? Um, so for somebody that might be working at a commercial gym or they don't, don't even have a job yet at a commercial, say they're working at a commercial gym. Mm -hmm. They have some training experience now. Um, and, um, yeah, I would, uh, first things first, I would talk to your clients, go to each client, tell them what you're thinking about doing, tell them, tell them, uh, you know, what your plan is. And, uh, I mean, if you're delivering a good result and you have a good rapport with these, these clients and you know, that's all good. I don't think, uh, you should have to worry if you left, you know, that these people would be, you know, coming with you. So, um, that's, that's the first step that I took is I just, you know, told everybody what was going on. I said, Hey, I'm going to be leaving. If I leave, are you, would you be willing to come with me? Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's going to give you some sort of an idea of like, what do you have to work with? Like if you leave, right. Cause when you're at a commercial gym, it is nice cause you, you got a steady flow of, they you know, feed you the people Uh, yeah so i mean you got that but at the end of the day you're still working for somebody else so Mm -hmm. to speak right so right what now that you have your own gym you're on 3.0 of the forge athlete what are some challenges in the beginning stages or even now you know you've been in the game for a while that people don't really see right they see you and they're like man you know that that's the life having your own gym Mm -hmm. like that's a sweet facility to train people what are some challenges though? I mean, it's not easy, right? And I mean, yeah. like what are some struggles maybe you had at the beginning that people don't know? Uh, I, when I first started, I mean, I was a one man show, right? So I was doing everything. I had all the hats on. So I was taking care of the books. I was taking care of, uh, collecting money. I didn't have a system in place to collect money like I did, but you know, some people were paying cash and some people were paying credit cards and this person's credit card got declined. And so now I got to call them up and see what the heck's going on. And, um, so I'd say, uh, I was trying to do too much. I was, you know, I was kind of the, uh, I didn't want to hand anything off to anybody else. I just wanted to run everything my way. And so that was a struggle and I was bringing that struggle on to myself. Right. And so, um, as we got into forge athlete 2.0, because I, I grew it to that point by myself. I knew that I couldn't be... I was running all the classes. I was training all the classes, doing all the programming, um, doing everything, basically. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest change that happened was I hired the, the first coach, my first coach. Um, actually, I went through three coaches before that. Uh, I hired out of the gym. So like I tried to bring coaches in that were never a part of the the culture, never a part of the community. They were just like fresh. They knew what they needed to do as far as training went, but they just weren't, they weren't a good fit for the community. And so I actually went through three coaches. Um, they didn't work out. And so I, uh, hired and it was funny how the first coach came to be Andy, who was freaking amazing. Uh, he still coaches. He's been a coach for almost three years now. And so, he actually started out as an athlete in the gym. So he was nice. training in the gym for like almost two years. And I had never even thought about asking him to be a coach. But I remember we struggled through three coaches. Nobody liked, like the third coach was like so bad that people were actually, I lost clients wow. because of him. Like he rubbed them, 
the wrong way so bad that they actually left. But uh, yeah. I remember he uh, he approached my wife, Andy did, and was like, hey, I know Travis is trying to look for coaches. Let him know that I'd be willing to help anytime. And so I was just like, why didn't I think of that? Like, he'd be perfect. Like, he knows the system. He knows yeah. the culture. Everybody, knows the people. You know? Yeah. And so I brought him on. And uh, truth be told, he was living, he was working a corporate job at the time. And uh, he's, he's since left that corporate job. And he's an entrepreneur right now. So he works for me in the gym. And then he's also uh, started two side businesses. I know he does accounting work for people on the side. And then he actually started his own jerky company. Hey. Omaha Snack Co. And so they have a jerky <laughs> called Virtue Jerky. So cool. I, I can't be more proud of that yeah, kid. That's and, cool. Um, I remember when he first came into the gym, like he was, you know, a college kid, kind of, well, he, he was working a corporate job, but I mean, he was just way out of shape. And we, you know, he got in shape physically and that just changed his life overall. So I'm sure hiring someone else helped the balance of everything, yeah. right? So you didn't have to do everything yourself. Yeah. How do you balance? I mean, still, you're very busy, right? And for someone who has a family and your own business and a whole community of people counting on you, right? To be high energy, be there every day. How do you balance that? How do you balance work and family basically? And uh, that was something that I struggled with years ago. Like it would basically be nonstop work. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with this, uh, where they just can't turn it off. Like they're constantly working, constantly on their phone, looking at emails, checking emails. So, um, I mean, I got hundreds of athletes in the gym and then I got thousands of people that I've connected with online. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of remote coaching athletes that I, I train and work with. So constant communication with all them is like, it's needed. And so when I first started, there was like no structure again, right? Like there's no, there's no system to it, right? And so I was just always on my phone. People always had access to me. And so over the years, I've dialed it in where it's more systematized. And so I only, so for example, like my nutrition clients, like I work, I do nutrition stuff on Tuesday, Thursdays. I don't worry about it at all the rest of the week. Whereas, you know, years ago, it was just like any day of the week, it's just like, it was just, you know, overrun. So I was basically up in the morning till late at night, just constantly working. Oh, hey, I'll hang out with my family for an hour. Oh, back to work now. You know, so yeah. Um, over time, it's uh, just become a little bit more systematized. I actually uh, created a system. I call it the, the warrior hustle model. And so uh, it's something I took from uh, Dan Sullivan. I don't know if you've ever, the, the strategic coach. Basically, he lays out, there's a, there's a way he lays out the week. And so I took that framework and I applied it to how I do things. And so like Mondays um, are structured in a certain way. So there's like hustle days where I'm just from, let's just use this as an example. It's like from like 10 a.m. to 12. It's just like focus work on X, Y, Z. So it's maybe, maybe I'm just writing programs for athletes for mm -hmm. those two hours. Nothing else all distractions off right and then the next hour it's focused nutrition clients or you know something like that so there will be like hustle days there will be prep days where I just everything that's in my brain I brain dump and I write everything down on paper because I think as a, I'm sure entrepreneurs can agree with me on this one 
So we constantly have ideas flowing in our head. And uh, so it's hard to shut our brain off sometimes. So um, what you need to do is take out a blank piece of paper, write everything down that's going through your, your head. And it, it just get it out of your head. It's on paper. Yeah. And then what I'll do is I'll like rank stuff. I'll be like, what needs to be done? Like ASAP. Boom, 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 boom. Other stuff, it's not important, right? I'll do I'll do it, you know, some other time, right? So yeah. um, there's like prep days and then there's totally off days, right? So weekends usually, uh, you know, and it's hard. I mean, sometimes it'll be like, gosh, I got to get this project done. And so it like overruns, but other times yeah. I'm just like, doesn't matter. Um, it's a non-negotiable phone is going away. I'm spending time with my, my girls, right? Mm-hmm. So I got a wife and two daughters. Yeah. Right. So, so what, what motivates you to keep on hustling? I mean, you have that, you know, forged athlete mentality. What if, you know, you don't feel it one day? Is there ever days like that? What gets you, what gets you out of bed on those days? <clears throat> uh, well, it all starts with, uh, and I talk about this with all my athletes when, when they come first come to the gym is, uh, it's gotta be, you gotta figure out what your whys are. Right. So I got big whys. I just talked about my three girls, yep. right. So my wife, two daughters, if I don't wake up, get out of bed and, you know, hustle, I'm letting them down. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the sole provider for them. So like everything that I do, I'm doing it for them ultimately. But at the same time, everything that I do, I'm fueled by the lives that I'm able to change. And so, I mean, there will be days where you're just like, damn, I'm just run down. I don't want to do anything. And, um. I might get an email or something like that. It'll be from somebody. Hey, I went through this program. I just want to let you know how you know much my life has changed from that, and just want to let you know thanks. And so it's just stuff like that, just little reminders, like me not showing up a certain day. That might mean that I might you know miss out on changing this person's life. And so um, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned, being like a servant. Um, giving, 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 that's what it's really all about. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I was put on this earth to do is, you know, help people get strong and in turn, you know, change them, change them physically, change them mentally. For sure. What about somebody who doesn't necessarily know what their passion is, is right? Like you kind of went through at the beginning of the show, going over how you got into training people into this whole this whole game, right. Of fitness, this whole, this whole area. What about someone who is younger? Maybe like they don't know exactly what they want to do. Maybe they're in their teens. Maybe they're considering going to college or not. What do you suggest to someone like that? I, uh, funny story about that. There's an athlete in the gym right now who, uh, came to me and pretty much asked me the same things. Like what, I don't know what I want to do. Like, what should I do? And I asked him what his main passion is right now and it is to like become a coach and so I just said what's what's follow that dream let's see where that takes you right so there's no sense in like waiting like it's all about massive action taking like take Mm. massive action like that should be like a rule that you live by right and so um, he's actually I'm taking him through a mentorship program and uh, he was like should I go to college and I was truth be told I was like well I mean you could spend all this money but I could teach you like all the the stuff that you need to know if you want to go to school you can go to school later but 
in my mind, if you want to be a coach, like it's about gaining the knowledge and then applying that knowledge like ASAP, like, you know, helping people, like mm-hmm. training them, right? So he's, he's going through a mentorship uh, program right now. I'm teaching him just everything that I basically have learned over the years in a, a condensed form without the big price tag for the school, yeah, right? For so, sure. And he's just, and he's surrounding himself with everybody in the community, surrounding himself with my coaches and just being around that. And it's, you know, it's definitely Great. good for him. So, so find a mentor, find a mentor for sure. Just, uh, somebody go. that's doing what you want to do, reach out to him mm-hmm. and, uh, and take action, right? Take action. Yeah, man. Take massive action. Yeah. What are some of the maybe like favorite books or educational resources, different things that you use, or maybe just a book that had a big impact on your life that you think people uh, should take a look at turning pro is a good one uh, relentless is a good one that i think everybody should read uh extreme ownership mm-hmm. have you heard of those books yeah jocko will yep um i mentioned the strategic coach that's a good one for entrepreneurs um think and grow rich i think is a must for everybody and truth be told I didn't even know about that book until just before we started the gym. Have you ever heard of Think and Grow Rich? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I read that. I was just like, wow. Like blew my mind. Yeah. I think uh, I have conversations with a lot of, uh, with my coaches a lot and other people about this. Like what would happen if like for a whole semester in high school, like we were to just have kids go through Think and Grow Rich? Like mm-hmm. how that would affect their life it should like, be right yeah it should be yeah but it's just like just completely blow away their mindset mm-hmm. that they'd have it's funny my initial thought when my buddy uh was like hey man you got to read this book thank you girl rich and at first all i thought was oh what, what's that about like investing mm-hmm. or just about money and it's not even about money it's about like living the best life possible yeah right for so, sure and yeah so huge I definitely recommend that. Uh, what are some things, if you went back now, what are some things you maybe tell yourself when you're starting your business or things you do differently when you're, you know, young Travis ready to start his business? And what are some things you tell young Travis and what are some things you do differently at that point? Let go a little bit more and just build a team. Build a team as mm best you can i hear that a lot surround yourself with awesome people yeah um that's one of the big things that has helped this gym become so successful even like with the people i work with online like i've created an online community right and so it's crazy you see all these people from different countries and all over the world and just coming together in these private communities and pushing like people one of the only reasons they're working out is because they know this person is going to be showing up right Mm -hmm. Same thing with this gym is like, we'll get people in and I'll, I'll initially have a conversation with them. They have like no like interest in fitness, but a couple months into the gym, they're like one of the more serious people about it. Like they're fully bought into the system and it's just a part of their lifestyle. So that wouldn't have happened if they were going to a Globo gym and just showing up mm-hmm. on their own or, you know, trying to do, you know, some home like P90X program, like they've surrounded themselves with other people. So your environment is so important. Uh, so instead of doing everything on my lonesome, when I first started, uh, I would have started building a team like ASAP, mm-hmm. getting 
people like-minded on board with me and uh, getting people that are specialized in different things. So I'm obviously, it's funny, I, I will say this, like as I was growing up, like I learned a lot of skills and one of my mentors actually, and it's totally true, is like when you're an entrepreneur, like the more you know can actually work against you. And so as I was, you know, growing my businesses and stuff, like I learned how to build websites. <laughs> I learned how I learned, you know, how to uh, edit videos, yeah. edit podcasts. Like that's not my five percent. My five percent is like writing workouts, connecting with clients, you yeah, know, things like that. Like that's my top five percent. Now, if I'm spending time like editing podcasts and you know videos, and then oh, doing the book bookkeeping and all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's taking my skills away from the world yep. basically. Right. So find what you're really, really, really good at and then build a team of people around you that are really, really good at the things that you don't like to do. Right? For sure. So, Great advice. Yeah. Well, I mean, this show, I think it'll be a game changer for a lot of people, especially if they're looking to get into fitness or, you know, wanting to maybe even play around with different types of training. Uh, where can people connect with you, find you online? Uh, what are the best places to find you and check out what you're doing? Uh, Facebook would probably be the best place. Uh, Facebook fan page, so facebook.com slash trainaggressive. Uh, you can go to my website, trainaggressive.com. Um, yeah, that would be the best way to really connect with me. Sweet. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I definitely absolutely. appreciate it. Definitely appreciate yep. appreciate you giving all this good information to my audience, too. Sure, I'm sure man. they'll appreciate it. All Thanks right, guys. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Travis Stetzel from the Forged Athlete Gym, trainaggressive.com, and all the pages linked in the full description. If you enjoyed the show, please review the podcast on iTunes and subscribe to it. If you have questions you want me to answer on the future episodes, which will be like Workout Wednesday, Foodie Friday this week, just head over to triplefpodcast.com slash contact. You can ask those questions there. And also, if you go slash products, you can check out the different coaching options I have, uh, custom programs, custom nutrition tailored just for you. Thank you for joining me for another, for another episode, episode 124, a Motivation Monday with Travis Stetzel as my interviewee. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Later. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.